This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're telling the story of Qantas Airlines Flight 32. Thanks for listening. Let's go. We did it, Joe. Friends, it's that time of year. It is 800,000 degrees. Ugh. And for you, we don't have... Fans or air conditioning on. Nope. But we're going to do it. Yes. We got this. Yep. Ready for chaos. <laughs> Today's story, Qantas Airlines Flight 32. Wait, say, and that, say that name one more time. Qantas. With Qantas a, Airlines. With, like, with a Are qu- you fam- Q. With a qua. With a Q. <laughs> okay. With a qua. Um, and Unfamiliar. I, oh, so Qantas is like the Australian airline. Ooh. And the name is very silly. I um or just what is the name, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's actually, you know how like Nabisco is like National Biscuit Company and they like I did not it. know that. Oh. <laughs> fun facts. Um so Wow. Qantas spelled Q A N T A S stands for Queensland and Northern Territory Aerial Services. Okay. And that was like the original name. Because Qantas is like way older than I thought it was. I Mm. I don't know why. I assume, and guys, listen, you're all so lovely. Every single Australian who has reached out to us has been so wonderful. And I can't wait to meet all of you someday because the Australians I have met <laughs> have been less wonderful. Yeah. And so anything I say, I have some bad like impressions I need to shed. That's my <laughs> bias. But I just assume somehow as part of that, that everything in Australia is like 30 years old. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Like they only like found it like yeah. 30 years ago not, or whatever. Not that right? long like, ago. Right. Not that long ago. Right. No. Qantas has been around since like 1920. Whoa. In 1920, people were flying. Where were they flying to? Where were they flying? To the other side. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah. Queensland and Northern Territory Aerial Services. Qantas. It's a great airline by all accounts. I've never flown on Qantas, but I hear good things. Um, Just like I hear good things about Australia. And all of you are so wonderful and I love you all so much. So, okay. We are flying on a plane that we maybe never talked about before. Uh, it's too hot to remember things. So um, an A380. So an A380, A for Airbus, right? A380 uh, is like Airbus's 
tacky response to the 747 30 years late. I don't sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but like it is it's it's huge. It is like the biggest passenger like commercial aircraft ever made. It's a double decker. You've Qantas has them, Emirates has them, other people have them. Those are just the ones that are like when I think of an A380, I think of them with those that branding. But yeah. it's a double decker. Um Look on your phone right now, A380 versus 747, and tell me that it isn't a million times uglier. But I do love big plane. I love plane with stairs, inside plane. So good for you. Like, I, good job, yeah, A380. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're huge, 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 huge planes, right? And unlike a 747 that, like, has a tasteful, like, waist <laughs> because the, the upper deck is not actually, like all the way to the end of the plane mm. and a380 it's actually like a true like a second floor not like just a little extra upstairs so it they're big huge planes four yeah. engines just like a 747 great um we're flying from heathrow in london to singapore to sydney australia so boop 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 and uh, we have already flown from Heathrow to Singapore. So we left last night. We got on the plane, left London, arrived at Singapore this morning, bright and early, because flights from west to east usually leave at night and arrive in the morning. And that's exactly what we did. But now we're still going west to east and not whatever. It's fine. It's seven and a half hours about. So it's not a huge, like, not a bad flight, right? Yeah. The remaining leg is not that bad um maybe kind of miserable after you've already flown from Heathrow to Singapore but we got two oh no four 439 souls on board Whoa. right a lot of people the Qantas A380s seat around 470 if you have every single seat filled um so we're not totally packed to the rafters my guess is that the first floor where like economy and premium economy are is probably very very close like very tight and the second floor probably not as bad because it's the first floor level or deck or whatever you want to call it um i can I'm sweating already <laughs> same um it is five minutes in it's fine so uh we got 439 souls on board 29 of those are the crew so lots Damn. of flight attendants yeah. to take care of all those people. And because this flight is like a uh, treated by the airline, like one big continuous flight, that's partially because, you know, people need to take a nap. Like you can't just work for 30 hours straight. Right. So right. 29 crew, 24 of those are flight attendants and five are pilots. And yeah. Yeah five pilots that's a lot don't hate that necessarily right no, that seems right. kind of good for one of our stories kind of good right? right um we've got the the captain captain's name is richard richard is 53 he's been fly, flying since he was 35 <laughs> nope Nope. God help me. Um, he's been flying for 35 years because oh. he's been flying since he was 18 Beautiful. and he just loves it. And he's a captain for Qantas and he used to fly the 747 and now he's on the worst version of the 747. <laughs> so it's great. Um, the first officer's name is Matt. 
the second officer, so the person who's there to make sure that the pilots get their rest, his name is Mark. And then there's also a, so we talked about Czech airmen, like the person who like basically will ride along with you and just observe your processes, make sure that you're doing everything right, maybe answer questions, but like, you know, the, the audit, right? The internal audit for yeah. pilots and a Czech airman trainee. So somebody who's watching him so he can learn how to do that job. <laughs> oh my gosh. So lots of watching five, today. Lots of watching, lots of learning. It's a beautiful day of learning. Um, I did not say yet. It's November 4th, 2010. November 4th, 2010. So very recent. And this plane, this aircraft, this particular A380 was only born in 2008. So it's very new. And that's when most of these pilots, so like Richard, the um, captain, he uh, started like with this this like harvest of a380s so he's been flying an a380 for about two years matt worked for another airline has actually like the first officer actually has more experience on the a380 uh we've got all these like check airmen and check airmen trainee and second officer and all of this and it can get confusing like who's in charge Mm -hmm. right like who's in charge yeah if the person who's auditing you that is like an authority figure in your life, right? But who is the person in charge on this flight that we yeah. are about to do from Singapore to Sydney? And Richard actually like takes a moment while they're getting ready to take off again and says like he said this when they left Heathrow too. Uh, he says, you know, just to establish the chain of command for clarity, you know, not like I'm the boss like that, but just for clarity, I'm the captain. I'm the captain. I'm the top. Yeah. Sec- the first officer is number two. The second officer is number three. And check airmen, you know, figure it out amongst yourselves. Like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, right. whatever. But he establishes the chain of command. Um, the people who are actually sitting in the two seats, like flying this plane, are Captain Richard on the left side, where captains sit, and Matt sitting on the right side. Everybody else is in a jump seat behind them for takeoff. Uh, somebody will go back and take a nap after they get into the air. But for takeoff, everyone's in the cockpit. So... Establish this, load up, people on board, fuel on board. The plane is so gloriously huge, so much fuel, so many people. Let's go to Australia. And they take off at around like 9.55, 9.56. They're in the air. And it is a beautiful, beautiful day in Singapore. And I've never been to Singapore, but by all accounts, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, we love it. Gorgeous. So they are ascending up through the air, going home. They pull up the gear. They are like using the um, autopilot, obviously, as they, you know, ascend and just watching everything. Everything looks good. They're crossing through 7,000 feet on their way up to their cruising altitude, and bam! huge explosion on the left side of the plane and then another one after it bam like double boom boom this explosion shakes the plane everything lights up on their screen right so 
Richard is the pilot command. He is the captain. He first thing he does, good job. He boops the autopilot and tells them like, "Hey, stop ascending. Let's just hold this because like yeah. something just happened." Boop, and he says like, "I have control." And he's like, starts to like scan the monitors, right? All of the different boops and beeps and lights and everything that's in front of them, and all there's ten eyes, five brains in this cockpit. Everybody looks and. The first thing that you would notice in this case, the first thing they see is just that engine two, something's wrong. Engine two, something bad. Now, in the cabin where the passengers are sitting on the first level, the passengers who are sitting behind the left wing can see the engine two. So if you imagine looking down at the plane, um, the engines from left to right are one, two, three, four. So engine one is the furthest on the left, then engine two, engine three, engine four. Engine two has exploded and a lot of it has just fucked off into nowhere. And when it exploded, it shot through a just shot through the wing shot into the fuselage but thank god not through the fuselage just spewing out jet fuel oh my god spewing out jet fuel so that's what the the passengers can see and what any flight attendants who look can see but the five people in the cockpit can't see that from their vantage point so they are looking at their screens looking at the information they got and flying the plane right ecam there's something we've talked about the electronic computer airplane monitoring that's not right guys it's a million degrees (laughs) and i didn't write it down ecam is the computer right that tells them like oh something's wrong oh something's wrong right okay that thing is like lit up obviously okay well that's what first officers are for right so like richard is flying the plane looking at what he's got to look at doing what he's got to do tells matt the first officer okay you start to go through the ecam messages and Matt says, like, you got it, boss, and, like, starts to go through them. And he's like, oh, oh, there's a lot of messages. Oh, Oh my gosh. Oh, a lot. So it is lit up. Okay, they're staying at 7,000 feet. It's just one engine. There's three engines for a reason. They just left Singapore. They just left Singapore. They call air traffic control and tell them, like, declare an emergency. Hey, we're going to come back to Singapore. We're not going to turn right around. We're just going to, like, figure this out, right? We're going to see what's going on, see what these ECAM messages are all about. Uh, Matt is, like, boop, boop, booping through the ECAM messages <laughs> and, like, oh, man, there are a lot of ECAM messages and they're not all about the engine. Like, there's a lot. There Uh-oh. are a lot of ECAM messages. And they're, they're alerts about things that have nothing to do with the engines. And he's just boop, 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 boop. Now, in Sydney, right now, in Sydney, at this moment, in 2023 and back then, in 2010, there is like a big office somewhere in Sydney where they have on their screens all of the ecams for all of the planes everywhere they're out there doing their thing oh, wow. so that if yeah so they can see live what's happening on the planes see and help them out give them a call mm. and say hey do you see this so nice right what a great service yeah. uh and they see oh something is wrong with yeah. that plane okay 
Qantas 32, I don't think I said. Qantas 32. Something's going on with Qantas 32. They just took off. A lot of messages on their ECAM, and they go to call the pilots, and they can't get through. The sat phone is not working on the Qantas flight. Uh, These are probably related concepts, right? Like, probably not whatever the people in the cockpit don't know that though right so they're just in there trying to figure stuff out uh just doing a little bit of troubleshooting matt is kind of saying like hey guys there are a lot of ecam messages like a lot like a lot of ecam messages and they're like okay so let's start to go through them uh he like invokes the help of the other pilots on board and they are starting to go through them and trying to like prioritize and figure it out uh going through like the engine shutdown checklist like doing Mm. all of the just just the systematized way that you handle problems on a plane and getting the extra help of the other three brains on board yeah. going through it uh below there is a little indonesian island called batam just this little indonesian island not that far from singapore certainly not that far if you're on a plane uh hellfire starts to rain down on this little island okay. when that engine exploded and fucked off into a million pieces. It rained down onto this little island. It is 10 a.m. on a Thursday. There is a school, a school full of kids, because it's 10 a.m. on a Thursday. The pieces of the plane crash through the roof of the school. Why is it always the schools? It's always a school. It's always. always. It crashes into the school. Thank God does not hit anybody, but does like land extremely close to one kindergarten aged boy just sitting there coloring. And then hellfire rains down. People across the island start obviously taking pictures of this. Hey, this crashed through my roof. Like, oh my gosh. And it's Qantas. And a lot of the pieces that rain down have recognizable Qantas insignia on them. Oh my God. And so people are taking a picture and posting it online and the media is like, oh boy, something's happening. And they start to like report on it. And in a car somewhere in Australia, the CEO of Qantas is driving around and somebody else in the car says, oh my God, boss, the stock price just like fell out of like fell fell to hell what something is happening and the ceo is like what's going on and calls the office or whatever and the office is like uh maybe related uh we have this ecam lots of messages on this ecam uh but we can't get in touch with the pilots and like we're working on it and so they so everybody like on earth knows that something weird is happening with this plane but nobody's talking to the pilots because they can't get through to them besides air traffic control air traffic control meanwhile also gets a call from like news people in indonesia saying like oh hey uh maybe one of your planes is falling apart something's wrong (laughs) and so the air traffic control has already been informed like the Qantas flight already declared an emergency he can see on his like panel his radar that like the plane's still in the air and it's like okay well you know good news didn't crash still up there bad news like oh like oh pieces are falling that's not good so the pilots his communications with the pilots have actually been pretty chill like the pilots are consummate professionals speaking like calmly to air traffic control just Amazing. keeping them in the loop or whatever doing their thing going through these ecam messages okay so the pilots 
are up there. The air traffic controller is informed that a bunch of pieces of the plane fell not only onto this island in Indonesia, but also specifically that it fell through the roof of a school at 10 a.m. on a Thursday. And the air traffic controller wisely does not, like, call the people on the plane and tell them, like, hey, you're, like, you know, whatever. You're a plague right now. You know, they they don't need to know that. He just keeps that to himself. Okay. <laughs> so, meanwhile, back up on the plane in the cockpit, going through these ECAM messages is a lot but there's a very pressing issue which is that again what makes it theoretically not a big deal to lose an engine when you have four is that you have three other engines but as they're looking at it for some reason engines one and four the two engines that are the furthest away from the interior of the plane yeah both of them are like dying something is wrong with them they're instead of being like totally fine they're in degraded mode meaning there's a bunch of like things that engines are supposed to do like thrust reversers would be one that you would want if you were trying to land uh lots of things like that they can't do that and they're not producing a lot of power and engine three, so engines one and four, degraded mode. Engine two, fucked off to Indonesia. Engine three, the engine that is closest to the right side of the plane, that engine is doing the best, but it's in alternate mode, meaning that it is also like giving you a heads up, like, hey guys, like, I don't feel so good. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, maybe doing better than some of my brethren, but like, I don't feel great. <laughs> And so they are trying to figure out what's wrong with the engines. What's wrong with the other engines? Like, what do we do? And Matt is, again, more experienced than even the captain on the A380, a great pilot. We love Matt. Matt is not wanting to panic himself or anyone else, but like, oh my God, guys. Guys, there's a lot of ECAM messages, there are more than a hundred, more than 100 ECAM messages and fewer than one totally functional engine. And there's 430 passengers back there. And uh, uh, not good. Uh, So they just have to make this kind of a fast decision, right? So they have to decide, do we just turn around and land and not deal with the ECAM messages and not figure out what's wrong with the engines and not figure out what actually happened? Do we just turn around and land and figure it out on the ground? Or do we stay up in the air Mm. and systematically go through all of this so that we can figure out what's happening and understand like the limitations of this aircraft before we try to do something as dangerous as landing? And that is not an easy decision to make. Like, what? There's one wing, though. Like, how are they flying? Hmm. How are they in the air? So the, the the wing, I'm so glad you said this. So engine or the the wing carrying engine two, the wing is not destroyed, but it is bashed. 
So it's, it's, it's had much better days, but it's not like gone. It's the wing is there carrying one of the engines that's in degraded mode and not really doing a very good job. And like the husk of the, the engine two that exploded and started this whole mess. Right. Right. But it is gushing fuel gushing fuel but they don't totally know that yet right like they they're they're like trying to sort it out but they have not sorted it out so they have to make this like extremely extremely high stakes decision about whether to just let god sort it out turn it around and put it on the ground or figure out what's going on to the best of our abilities so we know what it's going to happen when we land. Right. Right. So we know, can we even control the plane? What do we have breaks? Do we have like what's happening with our plane? Right. And Richard, as he established, is the captain and it is his final decision. And he says, I think we have to stay in the air and figure out what's going on on this aircraft before yeah. we try to land it. And Oof. he makes that decision and again, incredibly high stakes. I don't know what kinds of thoughts go through these people, the pilots minds, but there are five of them and I cannot, I mean, what I thought looking at this was like Swiss air One Eleven, basically horrific tragedy like they thought they had more time and thought they could like figure it out and go through the procedures and it's not even a mistake they couldn't have made it back onto the ground but still right like there's something like that or i'm sure examples that just don't spring to my mind in this moment but examples where they've tried to just turn around and put it back on the ground immediately because they just know something is wrong and they're close to the airport and crashed right so like these are you don't know you don't know right and richard says we're gonna stay in the air and we're gonna figure out what we can figure out and then we're gonna land so they make that decision he makes that decision they all assent to that decision and so they call air traffic control and tell air traffic control like okay we are going to stay in the air we're going to aim for like 30 minutes to go through all of these ecam messages to go through our procedures to test the controllability of the aircraft to figure out what we have and what we don't have and then we're going to land can you please keep us in like a holding pattern close to the airport Right. That's what they ask for, like really close to the airport. And the captain, Richard, like actually specifies within gliding distance because he's looking at these engines and he's thinking, I don't know if when it comes to it, if we're going to have engines. Right. So within gliding, not just close, but within gliding distance and the air traffic controller whose job is to whose very high pressure job is to support these pilots in this emergency situation. He knows what the pilots on board don't know, which is that they have been raining down chunks of plane on Indonesia on this little island. Right. So they want to stay close to the airport. And it's like, okay, um, yes, you got it. He decides to tell them because it is information that maybe they need. Yeah. Pieces of the plane have been fallen onto people's <laughs> kindergartners, right? Like pieces of the plane have uh, dropped onto the earth where people live. Uh, 
so I'm going to keep you over the water. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm going to keep you close. Like, thank God this is Indonesia, not Sioux Falls. Like, you got it, right? Yeah. Like, we can do both, Lots right? Of water. So, or this is Singapore. Yeah. We got water close, right, right there. So yeah. close to the airport. So, yes, just so you know, we want to keep you over the water because maybe you're dropping pieces of yourself. The pilots on board, like, this, there is an unfathomable deluge of information screaming at them constantly mm. right and this air, this voice the only voice that they've heard because their company can't call them because they can't call maintenance they can't get they can't use other resources the only person tells them a new piece of information which is that pieces of the plane have fallen onto a town in Indonesia uh and they like kind of take it in real quick and are like oh oh no like okay can't yeah. deal with that right now okay over the water you got it like and they enter their holding pattern over the water but very close to singapore airport so they start to systematically go through everything so okay engine two where all these problems started we know that one's the worst off they haven't seen it they don't know that that is specifically what's been falling. They don't, they haven't seen it. They don't know exactly what's going on over there. Yeah. Um, but some of these DCAM messages are saying that it's maybe on fire, maybe hot. That's not good. Right. So they, all of this obviously happened a lot faster than I'm telling it, but they uh, pull the fire. There's two fire extinguishers per engine. They pull the first one. And what they're supposed to get is like a confirmation that it's been like, like yeah. on the engine to put the fire out nothing they pull the second one nothing and they're like oh i really i they don't know what part is broken so right. they don't know did the fire extinguishers go off and just the part the the systems in the plane that give us the confirmation just isn't functioning did they not go off is the plane even on, is the engine even on fire? They don't know any of this. Um, in fact, the extinguishers have fallen onto Indonesia. So that's what has actually happened. They are not oh, there. Shit. So, um, but the plane is also, the engine is also not on, on fire, thank God, because if it was, we would be in way bigger trouble because that wing is gushing, gushing oh. fuel gushing fuel. So they start to like systematically go through these ECAM messages, engine two. We don't really know. And at some point they decide like, okay, wait, no, we have to like see this. We have to look at it. We have to see it with our eyes and look at what is going on with that engine. We have to look at the wing. We have to actually know what's happening, right? Um, because some of the ECAM messages they're getting are saying like, hey, so where fuel is stored, right? Fuel is stored in like the belly and like of the plane but a lot of fuel a lot of fuel is stored in each of the wings mm -hmm. right which is a great spot for it right really it is that yeah. that's where the engines are perfect right so that's where a lot of the fuel is supposed to live and uh, this engine two the left side of the plane that left wing is getting a little light 
and the plane is telling them like, hey, open up the thing so that some of the, f- and the fuel on the right side of the plane can dribble over onto the left side so you can like level out yeah. because the plane is actually not that easy to control when it's lopsided and there's way more weight on one side than on the other. And they're like, okay, there's just, we can't, we can't like make intelligent decisions about these messages without looking at this damage and so they say a second officer mark they're like marky boy this is your moment go look at it tell us what you see okay so mark gets like opens the cockpit door leaves the cockpit and pretty immediately when he walks out uh one of the first class passengers like kind of is just like hey uh can you come here so this passenger is actually a Qantas pilot himself who is non-revving to go home probably right and gets to sit in first class which is great we love that right he now on Qantas somebody had the amazing idea to put a camera on the tail of the plane right put a camera on the tail of the plane so that passengers on their tv screens can see the plane flying over like just look down and see isn't that cool like because it's it's aimed like down so it can see like the body of the plane now this feature is not available in the cockpit for some reason they don't have access to this camera why um so but this this fellow Qantas pilot hails mark the second officer and is like hey come look at this and he mark walks over and this pilot has the screen that's showing the camera looking down at the plane pulled up and you can see that engine two is not all present and fuel gushing out of the wing and mark says thanks for letting me know (laughs) and goes downstairs so that he can look out the window and see it and and again, guys, every single passenger on this plane, pilot or not, non-river or not, of any age, oh my gosh, right? If you are experiencing this, right, you the explosion and the little explosion right after it, the like lesser explosion right after it, and now just like flying in circles over the ocean, and now a pilot is just like coming down to check okay again very scary so he like comes down and like leans over the passengers who are have to be maybe the scariest passengers on the plane because they're the ones who have the best view of what's happening and he looks out the window and the fuel is gushing out so massively and aggressively it is two feet wide like gush the like the like a waterfall like a waterfall like a nice if you had a two-foot waterfall like two-foot wide waterfall in your house oh my god or in your backyard amazing no fuel just forcefully forcefully spewing out just with and mark says like pardon me thanks for letting me look out the window and like goes up the stairs and goes back into the cockpit and is like Oh, and like describes what he has seen and they agree that they should not open the valve to let the fuel like run from the right side of the plane to the left side of the plane. They agree on that. Uh, so, OK, so on to the next ECAM message for over an hour, over an hour. 
They fly in circles over the ocean and go through all of these ECAM messages and go through all of their procedures. And they practice, they like test different systems on their plane. They figure out what they have and what they don't have. They figure out like how the controllability and it is there's a lot of bad news in there okay the engines do not perk up the three remaining engines don't like they're still like two of them in degraded mode engine three in alternate mode so the engines are partial to say the least Mm. um they don't have slats they don't have thrust reversers right on the uh, engines that are not functioning only on engine three the plane at some point they realized that one of the hydraulic lines got cut mm-hmm. and so some of the hydraulic systems are not functioning not as bad as the last story we told it's not like all of the hydraulic fuel of the entire plane because thank god this aircraft was made in 2008 and the hydraulic systems are separate enough that you can't like it'd be much harder to lose all of them but one of them is gone and part of that is affecting their ability to like use slats so they're gonna have to land faster and then once they touch down after not being able to slow down as much as they would like to while landing they are not going to be able to use their thrust reversers so they have less braking power and they have to land faster okay well let's dump fuel right i know that we are already dumping fuel right in a very unpleasant way um but we need to dump more of it because imagine that guys just for a second this plane is so big imagine how much fuel this plane had to take on board before takeoff like really think about that because this plane has been gushing fuel out two feet wide a waterfall of fuel spewing out of one of the wings for over and out for over an hour over an hour and they still need to dump more fuel using like the specific mechanism for dumping fuel so they can dump it faster and more efficiently because they are currently 50 tons overweight and so they need to use that system to dump more fuel so imagine how much fuel you like started with it's insane so they are they go to dump fuel and it turns out their ability to dump fuel is one of the systems that's not functioning they can't dump fuel so the what they're spewing out of the left wing is the only place they can dump fuel another problem with that is that the left side has become a lot a lot lighter than the right side so physically like controlling the plane like just that aspect of it is more uncomfortable and so as they they get through every single ecam message they get through every single like checklist that they need to they're ready but there's a lot of bad news Mm. so they call singapore and they say like okay like you know we're moving toward like being ready to land like they start to get lined up they say like we want a really really long final approach like 20 miles and so the air traffic controllers is getting that ready for them um now as they prepare for landing uh any pilot on any flight is going to have to do some math to figure out their landing dist- or distance, like how much runway do they need to land, right. right? Like their stopping distance, right? And on a futuristic plane, like an A380 born in 2008, on this aircraft, the 
uh, they've got like a computerized system where it will just tell them in theory, like it, the brain of the computer of the plane will let them know so they mm. don't have to do all of the math. And they like go like, OK, let's see, because they get the longest runway at Singapore, but they are a humongous, the biggest commercial plane ever made. They're huge, uh, huge, huge. Yeah. They're full of people and they're full of fuel they're 50 tons overweight Gosh. and they already need an extremely long runway because they're a massive aircraft um so they like boop boop like ask the computer how much how what's our landing distance like how how much with like all these factors and the computer goes like oh like damn man that's crazy and they're like no like how, how what's our landing distance like yeah. how long do we need and the computer's like yeah wow sorry oh to hear God. that man like the computer can't figure it out the oh computer literally cannot with all of these factors with all of the different things that like are are wrong with this plane with all of these different pieces the the computer is truly just like wow sorry to hear that like nothing mm -hmm. no answer no range no nothing and so now and god bless him i don't know i don't know why matt is the one i'm connecting to on this plane but i just think about that thing where there's like a really big thing happening right mm -hmm. something and it definitely is the thing that needs everyone's attention like you do have to focus on it but there's like a problem sneaking up on you yep. and you're kind of like oh i don't know how much attention to, it, this seems yeah. i don't want to interrupt you but ah! uh, and yeah. uh, uh, so and the computer has just been just torturing Matt all day yeah. and now it just won't tell them how so they start to systematically remove some of the variables so some of the stuff that is wrong with the plane they start to like unselect it so that it like doesn't get counted in the like equation mm. and they they start with like things that they feel like are probably the least relevant, right? Like factors that are the least likely to impact how much runway you need to come to a stop while landing. And so they like take off some of those things that like probably aren't going to have a big impact. Ask the computer again. Computer is like, wow, so sorry. Like, bye. And like doesn't give them an answer. So they have to like start removing stuff that is for sure relevant, like stuff that will impact how much runway they need they have to start to remove those in order of like least important to most important yeah. and finally the computer spits out a runway like a landing distance that they need to come to a stop that's around 400 feet less than the longest runway oh at singapore so after removing variables including some variables that are definitely going to affect how much runway they need. It says that they have, I think it was 130 meters for the rest of you. Like that it's like, that is, and that's if you land perfectly, like exactly on like the beginning of the runway, you don't accidentally eat any runway while you're trying to land. That's if everything goes just right. That's if the wind doesn't change. That's and that's if some of the problems we're having are not real. Like it's right. 
it's not good news. And so they call the flight attendants and tell them to prepare the plane for a like we might go off the runway. Yeah. Like we might overrun the runway because we just might literally not be able to stop fast enough. And so the I just think about these flight attendants have been trying to who are on the plane whose lives are just as much in danger as everyone else, maybe more because they're the only people on the plane who are walking around. Right. And they, these flight attendants have to like, they've been doing like everything they can to keep everybody as calm as possible. They've been as reassuring as possible. They obviously have to go over like emergency landing protocols, but now they're having to go over this additional thing, like this additional information about like if we run off the runway and have to evacuate immediately like so they have to go back and start to prep everyone for that they call air traffic control give them the news they've got like ems ready the fire chief ready they know that it's spewing fuel out and will still be spewing fuel out when they land the air traffic controller puts them on a 20 mile short final, meaning like they're lined up with the runway 20 miles out. So they have a long time to like they're because of the loss of some of the hydraulics, the plane is sluggish because of like all of these different things. They drop the landing gear they start to like do a little bit of like last minute testing of like how controllable the aircraft feels now that the the gear is fallen thank god like the gravity system did lock the gear into place they're coming in they touch down right at the beginning of the runway they hit it really well as soon as they touch down, they pull the thrust reversers on engine three, the one and only engine that they have it for, and Richard just slams his foot into the brake. This is extremely dangerous because it is going to create a ton of heat, and Richard knows that, and Richard knows that the wing right next to the the landing gear that he is slamming slamming the brakes down on is spewing fuel but there's no other way otherwise they're just going to plow into a building and blow up right Right. so it's basically just outrunning death he like pushes his foot bam down as far as it'll go max brakes matt god bless him right next to him matt says like hey full brakes right full brakes max brakes max braking max braking and richard's like i am i am matt this is max braking and matt doesn't believe him and pushes his foot down because they're they both have the brakes and they're like they're unified so if you push down one the other side goes down and matt like pushes his foot down and realizes that it is all the way to the floor and that is max breaking and they're all just like ah, like tr- like feeling the plane slow down but not slow down fast enough and they like this runway singapore is a huge beautiful airport mm. big long runway made for these planes but not these conditions and the plane like barrels down the runway and they can feel it start to slow they can feel it start to slow and they're getting close and they they realize okay like the plane is going to come to a stop we're not going to overrun and the plane comes to a stop about 500 feet shy of the end of the runway so they come to a stop and they expect they shut off the engines they expect the fire crews to come like right over and start like 
blasting the plane. That's right. what they're expecting. But the fire crews don't. And they look at the, the they've got a temperature sensor, a thermometer on the brakes so they can see the temperature over 900 degrees mm. Celsius, over extremely close, if not 1700 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh my God blazing hot breaks from the sheer force of stopping this plane fuel is still spewing out of the left side and that fuel is starting to pool under the plane now that they've stopped and that fuel is going to come into contact with the brakes and it's going to ignite and it is extremely dangerous to be on this plane and they call the fire crews and they're like hey like come on like bless like the brakes are really hot and the the fire crew is like hey you, you got to turn off all the engines engine engine three is still running it's still running and they said no it's not or no engine pardon me engine one is still running and richard is like no it's not still running we've turned them all off it is not still running and the fire crew is like i am dude i'm sorry like i'm looking at it and i can yeah. see that it's still running and we can't approach it because we're gonna get sucked into it and die and that's <gasps> gonna explode if we get sucked into it, it's gonna explode and we're all gonna be dead anyway like we can't right. and richard pops he's so mad he pops the window open because they do have that like escape yeah, window yeah. next to them he shoves the window open looks out and can see the engine one is still running and he screams and he comes back in and they start like Argh! and they're like trying to figure out because they are in extreme danger yeah. this is the most dangerous part of this entire thing they're on the ground but they are trapped inside this plane they can't evacuate and it is going to ignite yeah there's and gas they everywhere trying everything to shut these engines off including pulling the lever that should just completely cut off the engine from fuel so it will just get starved of fuel nothing they cannot get this stupid fucking degraded mode engine to turn off Ugh. and they sit there for 13 minutes oh my 13 god minutes spewing fuel spewing fuel the the fire crews start to like shoot foam from like a distance onto the brakes to try to like get it to cool them off or at least keep them from from igniting so they're like spraying foam onto the brakes from far away it's uh, and they call their company on their cell phone from their pocket because it's the only way they can get in touch with their company that controls like the air stairs that they need to evacuate yeah so the company sends the buses out but they can't get that close and finally like the captain says like we're we just we have to evacuate we're going to evacuate on the right side of the plane tell everyone to run to yeah. get off that plane and run away from it because a it might ignite but b there's a massive engine still running it's extremely dangerous everybody starts to like pour off the plane Jesus. and run every single passenger every single crew member finally gets off <gasps> engine one is still running engine one runs for three more hours no for three more hours it runs they finally the fire crews are sitting there for hours just that what finally they literally smother it with so much foam that it finally dies oh my god everybody oh my god. lived everybody lived incredible oh jeez. 
No. I hate those situations so much oh. where you're so close. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. And then to add it, the three more oh. hours after that, like, fuck you. Fuck you, Engine. Oh, fuck you. Oh my you god. weren't even doing that good of a job. Right. Stop doing it. That, honestly, I might delete this from the episode, <laughs> but honestly, that thing, like people who won't stop doing something, even though they're not very good at it. Oh my god. Maybe it's like a self criticism, but like stop. that thing where you're like, no, it's my project. I'm not going to stop. And you just keep doing it. And it's like, well, you're fucking it up for yep. everyone else. Stop it. Yep. Like, just let someone else do it. Like, just stop. Stop, stop working so hard. Yep. Stop. So that's, yeah, Engine One is fired. Yeah immediately oh all those HR. people Easy. calling hr <laughs> calling hr i'm done oh oh my wow. gosh everyone lived even in batam on the island Beautiful. the indonesian island they all lived great so everyone's just eating fuel fish for a little bit that's all Ooh, a little bit of fuel fish you know but everyone yeah. lived like yeah. Incredible that they were able to stop yeah. the plane and. And it didn't ignite. Oh my gosh. It's so. Honestly. Yeah. Popping out the window is going to yeah. be my favorite every time, no matter what. Like. It's I wish, so relatable. I wish, yes. Like, and then just fuck. Right. Anything at all. Anything where. They're like, I have to look at this with my own eyes. Yeah. Always my favorite. Yeah. Like, it's horrible and nauseating and, like, sickening. But that, like, just, like... Let me I know look that at that this. can't yeah. be true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh. And, oh. In, right. In, in the so, middle yeah. of the worst timing possible. Like, just... Oh, I, 400. I think the flight attendants, can you imagine? Oh, my for that, like... The like half an hour ultimately that they were on the ground inside that aircraft. Can you imagine after all of that, as a passenger, you're stuck on the plane? Seriously. And again, there's over 400 passengers and 24 flight attendants. And those 24 flight attendants have to keep like order and keep everyone from jumping off the plane. Yeah. Like that. Uh, they. Yeah. If every single one of those flight attendants didn't get like the bonus yeah. of the century true like if the stupid ceo in his stupid car didn't right. get give his bonus divided evenly amongst the crew like yeah mm. so that like every year for now until forever ooh, right forever right into perpetuity so the little weird thing so because that stupid engine didn't shut off for three hours we don't have the cvr from this plane at all because it just kept running so it the the like hour or whatever it has on it that it records before it starts to tape over itself it taped over itself for hours with nobody even in there so we don't have a cvr so like all of that stuff is like a best estimate it's a description of like what people remember how they remember it whatever yeah um the including the like fuck like that was he um it was so funny there was like an australian like news channel which there no one is more savage oh my god australia's 60 minutes oh it's it's shocking youtube it 
10 out of 10. I feel so, yes. Australian 60 minutes. I feel so, I have to turn it off sometimes. Yeah. I'm so uncomfortable. It's secondhand embarrassment. It. They're just roasting yes. the shit out of people. Just, oh like my gosh. this dumb like, fuck of a parent decided. Right. It's exactly. like the kid accidentally like, like drowned in a pool or something. It's like, oh my right. God. Right. Like, why did you wake up every day and decide to be so stupid? Right. Like, just so savage. But uh, most the, of the time deserved, I yeah. will say. I mean, they cover some some rough people yeah. and it's shocking that yeah. those people agree to sit down with them for an interview. <laughs> shocking. Um, but the um, the I was watching whatever the, the 60 minute, not 60 minutes, but one of like an Australian news show about this and the captain is like describing it and he's like i you know he's very calm in the interview he's like i popped it open and looked and saw that it was still running and i uttered an expletive (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like yeah like just so calm because yeah and that is like your natural state but uh, listen if there's ever a time these are the moments where Yeah. So, um, what happened, right? Like what happened? So these four engines are made by Rolls-Royce, right? Mercedes-Benz and Rolls-Royce both make lots of, uh, make aircraft engines. So does Saab, I guess. I don't know. We'll talk about that another time. Someone check my work. But, um, but a lot of car manufacturers also make engine manufacturers, especially luxury brands or whatever right and so the rolls-royce produced these engines called the trent 900 and that is like rolls-royce trent 900 i feel like that (laughs) that engine like colonized the americas (laughs) like so whatever but um but the trent 900 these engines, when they reconstruct it, when they collect all of the pieces from Indonesia, when they inspect it, when they they realize that, so why did it happen? Engines explode sometimes, but engines are very, very carefully designed to um, have contained explosions. So exactly this situation doesn't happen. The engine is not supposed to be able to explode and actually like pop out. Mm. By the way, the two explosions, that was the first explosion and then the pieces of the engine breaking mm. the sound barrier. No. Breaking the sound barrier. <gasps> and shoving into all over the world right so thank god God it didn't like breach the fuselage like it didn't come into the cabin but when it exploded it just cut off a bunch of different systems it cut off like one of the hydraulic lines it cut off like a bunch like a whole like knot of wires and just severed all of them which is why they didn't have their like satellite phone or like their satellite communication there's a bunch of stuff they didn't have because of that not to mention the obvious other problems right so Um, why did it have this, like what, what happened Rolls-Royce? So Rolls-Royce, I don't know. Their decision, the way they decided to handle this situation was to say nothing. They basically Mm -hmm. were like, we will offer as little information as possible. Yeah. 
and we will speak to the media never. <laughs> so like Dang. that was their thing, um, which Qantas loved because that made them look way better because they could be like, oh, like it's not us, it's this. Right. So this engine, right? Basically what it, on this particular engine that actually exploded, engine two of this plane, right? The engine, just one of the pipes that, of, that had oil in it had a manufacturing defect mm. and had cracked and had leaked oil and the oil had leaked onto the turbine which is incredibly hot yeah and it had ignited and the fire had so it had like caught fire and the fire had like degraded the engine turbines themselves and like weakened them so the force of ascending at an like the force of those turbines turning as this unbelievably massive plane so heavy and full of fuel and people and stuff ascended into the sky the 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 weight of that, like the the intensity of that mm. spinning, 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 spinning while on fire and degrading it. Finally, the turbines broke and exploded and uncontained engine failure exploded, ripped through the engine or ripped through the wing, ripped through like all of these different vital systems. Just. Yeah. Um, no one was even injured and that's unbelievable. That's crazy. No one was injured on the ground. Yeah. No one was injured. Uh, no serious injuries. I'm sure people had like a bump or a bruise, right? Like just yeah. from like, I, who can walk down the stairs? 400 people can't walk downstairs and not get injured. <laughs> no, it's right. just not possible. Right. So like, but they, everybody lived no serious injuries, stupid manufacturing defect. Uh, they, Rolls-Royce broke their silence to say, like, oh, because Qantas said, we're not going to fly any more of our A380s. We're going to ground the entire fleet. And then the Australian government is like, yeah, you are. And so is everyone else. Mm. And then, like, everyone, Airbus was like, yeah, good idea. And, like, so they're all just grounded. And so Rolls-Royce is like, let us take a look at them. And so... There were there were around 125. That number does not work, but I don't have an explanation. <laughs> so there was around 125 of these Trent 900 Rolls Royce engines in use by Qantas, just Qantas, um, and they like sent them all, or Rolls Royce came to them probably and inspected them, took them all apart, inspected them. 125 ish. 53 of them had this manufacturing <gasps> defect? No. 53 of them? No. And, and they weren't going to fucking look at it? They, I don't know. Or, I mean, yeah, I don't, right, hope, right, right. hopefully we don't get like a letter, like a cease and desist from Rolls Royce. Oh, we'll we see are. what happens. Nobody tell them we exist. <laughs> Rolls Please Royce, don't. give me a car. Yeah, right. You want me to take it down? Give me a car. Is <laughs> and that, pay for gas that, for life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I want... Solar panels. I don't know. Yeah. Figure it out. Whatever. Rolls Royce. Yeah. Chop chop. Um, we are the most influential <laughs> aviation podcast in the world. And we say, like, give us a car. Yeah. I like that you went environmental with it. I'm just like, every <laughs> no. terrible option. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I just think, it's like, so gas for life. Like, I don't want to, like, how, like, 
I'm thinking ahead. Right. Like, who's right. going to have gas in 50 right. years? Not me. Like, uh, how? where? Where will it even come from? Just give me cash in, in forms of gas. The cash value yeah. of gas for life would be yeah. way better, actually. I'm, I'm glad you thought of that. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> the, um, yeah. So, so that's not good. Assist. Anyways. Right. Please, but don't tell them we exist, guys. Please yeah, don't. No, no, no. I don't. I do not want to be perceived no. by them. But um, the... <laughs> they everybody lived they fixed it great a380s have not had it's been all good since then um the pilots right so there's no cvr which is not ideal to say the least right um but they like get have their interviews and their like debrief and like naps and like all of that like all the processes they had all that in singapore um and then they're like gonna fly back to back to australia which is where they live right go home finally which is they were trying to go home right now on november 4th right so they are going home and they richard the flight he took to get home took off from singapore he's not flying it he's a passenger you know he's sitting in a seat like a regular person and it took off and had an engine failure on takeoff and had to come back to singapore but singapore their entire a380 fleet is grounded and it took him like three more days to get to go home that is unreasonable that's horrible I can't believe he waited around for a Qantas flight. I feel like someone, go, Singapore Airlines, yeah, they're going somebody. that way too. <laughs> like just, yeah, I don't know. But he finally got home. He's still alive. Wow. The plane amazing. is still alive. Wow. Still that's, that's shocking. Good. Yeah. They, it costs like, it was like $160 million or something to repair it. And obviously they like sued Rolls Royce, like Qantas sold, sued Rolls Royce and yeah. Qantas insurer sued Rolls Royce and Rolls Royce insurer sued them and like the people, the passengers obviously sued and it's just like a big lawsuit. Yeah. I don't know. Right. And like, like I had not previously thought about like something like this happens. And if you're like a local judge and you're just like, ugh, yeah. (laughs) Can we just, can you guys just settle, please? Yeah. (laughs) Settle. Leave me out of it. Please settle. Just, you know you did wrong. Just give him the money. Right. <laughs> it's fine. But um, yeah, so that's Qantas Flight wow. 32. Oh. Thank God they all live. That's so oh insane. Oh my gosh. It's so, so, so easily could have been. Yeah. Like a lot of like, people. S- yeah. If they hadn't like, looked. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Like, and I think about like the any pilot on board a plane when something like this happens, like that pilot who is in first class who is like, "Uh, hey, Mark, you want to look at this?" Like that pilot. Yeah. I just think about all the stories where like there's been a pilot in the like in the cabin and they like offer their help, and I just wonder if he was like, "I'm a Qantas pilot. If you need any help," and if they were like, "There's actually like five people in there," yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like thank you so much, right. but like. I think they like got maybe it. you can yeah or just like yeah. or like do you want to help us do you want to like talk to the passengers and help chill them out right uh do you want 
uh, it's fine. Yeah. We'll just, do you want to hold my hand? Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like just, oh, so many little things. But, yeah. oh, it Incredible. is. So I promised you around an hour. Yeah. And we are at that mark. And I want to keep my promise to you. <laughs> I also want to hear the jury duty yeah. situation. I was just going to say, I speaking of don't want to force it. I mean, oh, yes. I am, Ooh, I am so smooth, yeah. Mariah. <laughs> smooth. I mean, I am, I am sweating into my eyeballs and now blind because yeah. for whatever reason. Um, oh, yeah. For whatever reason, because it's 400 <laughs> degrees in your room. Yeah. Uh, okay, jury duty, though. So everyone knows jury duty whatever and you've done mm-hmm. jury duty you've done jury duty in new york I've, city yeah. specifically which is the a different blown, level of of yeah. jury duty right like way worse it has to be worse it has to places. be right so yeah. i'm like shit i've already postponed it because of work um you know whatever can't postpone it again i'm like fuck it i'm just gonna go I'm half hour late because of course I'm a half fucking hour late. <laughs> so I just stroll on the fuck in there and you know, everything's fine. It's like normal jury duty, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They, yeah. they give you the stuff. You sit there for a couple of hours. They start to call people's names. Then we're getting to like around 11 AM and they're like getting through a lot of people. Like people had, I would say, my God, at least half of the people left to be like dismissed for whatever reason Mm -hmm. yeah um so we're sitting there and then they're like okay um if we call your name we need you to go stand in this hall in a single file line so i get called and i'm like with i don't know 50 Mm -hmm. other people or whatever yeah we're standing in this single file line Oh, and they're like, um, criminal court needs you. So we have to go walk over there. So we are 50 U.S. citizens. (laughs) Like follow the leader. Follow the fucking leader in the middle of Brooklyn from the civil court to the criminal court to the fucking Supreme Court, mind you. Oh, my gosh. And they start, I mean, it was upstairs. It was on the sidewalk. It was 95 degrees. I felt terrible for like the elderly people who were in the group. Like they, I mean, they, they like pulled one woman out and she had a cane. Everyone else they made walk over there. We're like being escorted by the fucking police. Then we have to go to the Supreme Court. We have to get like even more security checked. Oh my gosh. Um, Then we go up you know everyone's waiting they don't say anything they don't tell us a single thing no one says a word until four o'clock when the judge comes in and gives us a literal 15 minute speech about how important it was that we were there because our presence led to all of the cases that day settling so they didn't have to go to trial (laughs) And this bitch tried to frame it as like, oh, you guys, like just your mere presence. And she literally was like, go forth and tell others about your jury experience today. Like, no, no, what are you talking about? 
But for criminal court, that means a bunch of people, like, hopefully it's because the, like, DA said, like, ooh, like, okay, I'm going to offer you something better. And not that people, like, pled guilty to things they didn't do. Right. And after making us walk, and not to mention it was so hot in there. No water. I was like, this is No, they don't let you go out anywhere. No. You're trapped. You are trapped. Could you be on your phone or did they say no phones and stuff? Okay. Yeah. And I brought they, like uh I brought my switch and uh uh coloring book. So that was that was But fun. like what the hell? Okay, that it's no, not good news, Your Honor. Like it's not it's good not. Uh, Is it good news because again, if the DA was playing chicken right. and knew that they're weren't gonna get a conviction, but they've been playing with these people's lives for years yes. trying to get them to plead guilty to something they didn't do, yep. and the DA finally backed down, I guess that's kind of good news maybe maybe i feel like not i feel like it's probably the other way probably not right so like actually this sounds like terrible news because you just told us that a bunch of people literally like threw in the towel on proving their own innocence yeah because we showed up that's because that's not good news your honor right right i don't want that no thanks nope no no thank you no i the queen's jury duty because like that like i like sat on a jury that like deliberated and like came to like whatever for two people which i don't totally get why they were combined but the the like they said at like the day one thing where it's just like cattle in a room and there's just like all of you or whatever (laughs) they said something that i think they might always say i wonder if they said this to you that like jury like engaging in jury duty usually makes people feel much better about our judicial system yeah i do not feel better no i feel much worse much worse what much worse that cannot be true for horrifying that it can't be true yeah at all and And, yeah no and then she went on to this rant about how i mean it 15 minutes okay you're telling us we could leave early but then you steal 15 minutes of my time Anyways, oh, that's just bad public speaking. Yeah, that's just right. bad public speaking because they tell you that like that was that part of your like public speaking one on one class where it's like, don't yeah. tell people like I'll close after this and then keep talking. Like, right. no, like you don't signal that you're done until like you, you are got, like, done. Two sentences right. Left. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oof, your honor. And no, she just, but, she just goes ugh. on a rant about. Um... Oh, shit. I lost it. Wait. I'm going to cut this part out. That's the fine. ADHD. Okay. I don't mind. Oh, yeah. No, no. Brain. Thoughts just fall out of your head. I know. Uh, I was thinking about, like, turning the fan on. Because, like, anyone who's still listening is, like, our friend. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. could probably turn the fan on. <laughs> Guys, would it bother you? Oh, my God. There's no fan in this room. I yeah, just, I have I'm no horrified. fan in this room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Fuck. Brian has it out in the other room. Okay. Uh, I don't you, remember. She went on. Oh, uh, just basically how... We're so lucky in New York because um, we all show up. So they they only have to do it every eight years. Where in other counties they have to do it every four because their communities don't show up. And we have such a great community here in Kings County. And it's just like shut the fuck up, bitch. Like, no, stop, stop. it. Like, there's eight stop. million that, people oh. here. That's why we have to do it every year. Like, or every eight years. Yeah. That's that's why. <laughs> yeah. It's because there's. Uh, four other people living in those counties like i don't know what to tell you yeah that like i don't know i there's a lot 
I could say about because I was like it was like you know two full weeks of journey, yeah. right? So a lot. You right? did a serious and, trial. But that like that so 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 many things were like, and I actually thought our judge was like quite. I actually liked our judge yeah. just fine, but he. Uh, is in no rush. I'll say that. I've never met. It seems like judges, they really don't like it if you waste their time, but they are in no rush. No rush. That. But also there were, I'm sorry, but there were, there was really two people, but one person when they were like, why should you be excused from jury duty? And he's like, I don't speak English. Yeah. And the the judge was like, sure you do. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No. We deliberated together for a week. No, we didn't. Oh my no. God. Nope. And on the very first day when you like go into the room and like the first thing we did was just like take like a straw poll basically like but anonymously like write like what you think oh, like no. guilty or not guilty yeah. on like a piece of paper. The dude picked guilty for all all counts both people. Jesus uh, Christ. Doesn't but did not. That's not good. Not good. That's not good. Not good. That's not good. And that probably should have been the end of it. But like it's really a really bad situation. I don't yeah. I don't feel that's why everyone settled though because they <laughs> they saw this like these people in this room exactly and like, oh, oh, god know, so Woo! horrible um yeah. i do have a funny fact about trial oh i want to hear it i want to hear it uh, da, 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 da. during a 1994 murder trial uh juries Whoa. asked a ouija board if the defendant was guilty <gasps> when the court found out that the guilty verdict came from a Ouija board. The jury was <gasps> discharged and the trial was reset. Thank God. Yeah. That's not good. You can't do that. No, don't ask do a Ouija that. board. And who the you fuck brings a Ouija board into court? Someone brought I guess, it. Yeah, someone someone tucked it. that into their purse. have or their like metal detectors and TSA at the courts anymore. Probably not. The fuck. Probably not. Someone packed that Ouija board right next to their gun <laughs> and they walked in <laughs> and said, I know what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to ask the murder victim. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But that's why, guys. That's why. That's why. That's like, why. I don't know. The other thing is like, I don't know. We'll leave it alone. We'll have a whole jury conversation. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a chit chat again. Yeah. Some people like the chit chat episodes. Yeah. So we'll do a jury chit chat. And we're getting into. Very depressing. We're, yeah. We're getting into. Getting into s- chit chat season. Because it's so hot. Yeah. So yeah. we can. And it's fall. Stay. Yeah. Just, you know, chit chat. <sighs> chit chat. Right now. And I will say this, obviously, we've been real sporadic over the summer because of really because so many things take on. Yeah, I take on too much. And because of obviously other things that were like outside of our control. But um, the fall, as all of you know, because we've been doing this for years, which is insane. uh, Fall tends to not be my season. And so we'll just do our best we'll all do our best yep together yeah It'll be one great. step at a time yeah one day at shout a time. out to tim by the way wait i want to say this oh tim, yeah our bff of the show yeah fs mania fs mania on youtube uh just came out with a new video <gasps> uh, yes it's very very good yes it's it's great it's like 40 minutes long Beautiful. which is just superb like the perfect length actually right yes because 
that's how long hour-long TV shows are if you're not watching yeah. them on TV and don't commercials. Like, yeah. it's the sweet spot. Yep. And it's excellent. If you liked his, obviously, like, super viral video, um, the King Air flight, like, it's... 10 out of 10, yeah. of the same. Yeah, yes, go watch it. Yes, it's of the same. So, yeah, we love you, Tim, so much. So much. And go watch that. And probably green dot aviation too because he did a video on this story and aaron just watch all the friends yeah. we love them yeah they're all great oh i love you mariah i love you so much go turn on your ac i love you i don't have ac you turn oh, on your ac i'm turning it on i'll turn it on for the both turn of it us. up thank you turn that ac on for me <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go put the cats in the fridge Ooh, yeah good idea them. they love it that they they love it <laughs> they they jump in on their own yep. what do you do so it's just a cool a place to hang out and they've got fur. They've got fur, yeah. They're fine. I mean, they yeah. are animals. <laughs> they are God damn animals. It. Please do not send us hate mail. The cats, they jump into the fridge. They really want to be in there. They want to be in there. It's, it's so not hot Just here. don't call PETA. It's fine. It's fine. Also, don't, if you know any call. cat groomers, let us know. Ooh, if you had a good cat groomer in New York City. Let me no i got a perfect little prince for you i'm gonna give everyone your phone number now so yeah it's too hot like call now yeah okay great okay love you bye love you bye so good Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch with us for any reason, you can find us on Instagram or TikTok. And you can email us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com. We are at that funny time of year. (laughs) But the intention is definitely to get these episodes out every other week. Um, So hope to see you in a couple weeks. Unless we make a chit-chat episode. Let's see what happens. Thanks for listening.